Good morning. God bless everyone here this morning. It's a pleasure to be in God's house with you this morning, and I've been encouraged so far and challenged also as we pray for our brothers and sisters in other places and think about the needs that they have. Lord, help us to be the support that they need, the people that can lift them to his throne. I thought about the song we sang earlier this morning uh, about being around God's mercy seat. I can't get all the words right now, but that uh, we have friends that are sundered far by faith we meet around God's throne. All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in your house. Thank you, Lord, that we can hold your word in our hands and that we can study it together and we can learn and hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Thank you for um, just the freedom and and privilege to meet in this way uh, without fear and that we can share together and encourage one another. Lord, I pray that you would bless our uh, time of studying your word and help everyone to receive something that will be a blessing to them and that we can take away with us and be uh, better uh, servants and people in your kingdom and uh, honor you and glorify you by our lives. I ask you to be here with us again in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to use the board a little bit this morning. Just going to write the title here. Biblical Foundations of Friendship. That's what I'd like to uh, speak on this morning, what uh, I feel the Lord has uh, worked and shown to me in the last, the recent past, and um, I'd like to look at it in maybe five sections. Uh, first is friendship a biblical principle, establish the answer to that. Uh, where and when do we start with friendship? Uh, third section, who should we be friends with? Uh, being the friend you should be. And fifth, our highest calling, divine friendship. So first of all, uh, is friendship a bri- biblical principle? Hopefully you all know the answer to that question without us having to discover it, but we want to establish that here. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make and help meet for him. So here, right at the very beginning of time, God established that loneliness is not good. And that companionship is part of God's plan. 
So God created a companion for Adam. I'd like to continue on the theme of threes here a little bit. Brother John shared a few things that uh, about the, the the gospel trio there. Another another trio I'd like to think about this morning is um, companionship, communion, and compassion. Or companionship, compassion, and communion, I think, is the order I'd have them in. But uh, as they relate to biblical friendship. Uh, loneliness is a modern-day epidemic, actually, uh, according to people who study these things. Um, and I find that a bit uh, fascinating, being that we have so many tools for connection and communication these days that uh, we didn't have in the past. But according to some studies, uh, we we find that there's there's more loneliness today than than previously. Um, I'll give you the statistic in just one second, but I just want to ask this question: uh, Who feels that? Who feels a feeling of loneliness either uh, regularly or frequently? Anybody willing to raise their hand? Anybody ever feel lonely? I think there's quite a few of us that do. Um, in the 1970s and 80s, when they surveyed uh, that, uh, about there was between 11 and 20 percent of Americans who who said that they felt lonely regularly or frequently, and now 2016 it was 40 to 45 percent. So over twice as many people feel loneliness today uh, than 40 years ago, and that's almost half half of people that said that they that they feel lonely regularly. Now, some of us that didn't raise our hands, maybe we'd raise our hands if I said we feel lonely every once in a while. But friendship. Uh, Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. I'd like to show again here where, where God supports and, and uh, demonstrates the idea of friendship. Exodus 33:11 says and the Lord spoke spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend and he turned again into the camp but his servant Joshua the son of Nun a young man departed not out of the tabernacle and then it continues with the conversation that God and Moses had so there was communication right there between God and Moses uh and this was uh speaking as unto his friend so the the uh, communication between a man and his friend was something that was that was understood and established at this point in time, and we'll talk a little bit more later about how uh, how God speaking with Moses uh, was an example here of that um, the transcendence between our relationships and our friendships being able to go between natural and supernatural even, but. The communication, uh, communion, I'd like to think of those, those terms there as part of this, the threesome of companionship, uh, communion and compassion. Um, and c- communion means, uh, common union or, um, things in common, things similar, uh, similar interests, similar, uh, situations, similar desires. We all know that, uh, we can, we feel a connection with someone when there's a similarity, when there's a, one heart, um, 
or maybe it's just similar circumstances. Maybe you meet someone new and you find out they were from the same town that you grew up in as a child, and there's an instant connection that you can uh, that you can communicate about, talk about. So it's another pillar of friendship there, the communication communion. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. To read a short verse there. I think we all know this verse, even the children. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So the third thing, compassion, like to consider as a third pillar of friendship. Sympathy and empathy, rejoicing together, sorrowing together, helping and supporting each other. You know, that was uh that that's something to uh, a challenge to overcome sometimes when we're when we're separated by many miles like uh, like we discussed here this morning how do how do we support how do we comfort one another when we're not able to be there with them but that's what that's what friendship does friendship finds a way I'd like to read the a verse of uh verse or two of this song it talks about Jesus. As a friend, Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. Jesus, what a strength in weakness. Let me hide myself in him. Tempted, tried, and sometimes failing. He, my strength, my victory wins. Jesus, what a help in sorrow. While the billows over me roll. Even when my heart is breaking. He, my comfort, helps my soul. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. So that song represented the the elements and the pillars of friendship that we uh, discussed here very well and how Jesus fulfills that for us and how can we be a friend like that to others. I'd like to think just a little bit more about uh, how Jesus established this principle of friendship in John chapter 15. We know that Jesus is our the ultimate example for our lives as New Testament believers. And I was just uh, touched again reading these words as he prayed for his disciples and for his people children uh, that God would give him. John chapter 15, I'm going to read verse 9 through 17. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And then, um, as Jesus gave these gave these words he he demonstrated the the compassion 
the communion and the support uh, of a of a true friend of a Christ-like friend, and we want to we want to try to to emulate that I believe in our relationships as Christians, and that's what I'd like to look at here for the next little bit. Um, we'll move on to section two: where and when do we start? So a friendship is established as a biblical principle. Um, when do we start with friendship? So I believe that the qualities of friendship can be taught and caught and practiced as soon as a child is old enough to communicate, as soon as they're old enough to communicate with others. This can be even before they walk and talk. Uh, those of us with little children, those who are familiar with little children, know that um, attitudes and actions can start very, very young, even as children learn to uh, be content or to uh, to share and those things. So um, I'd like to read just a few verses in Philippians. I'd like the children especially to pay attention here, and I'll read them uh, like they appear in the Bible and maybe simplify a few of the words for you. But you children can begin to practice friendship as the Bible uh, teaches it here, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus showed us that he loved us more than he loved himself. He loved us so much that he gave up everything that he had in heaven, and he came to earth and lived with us on earth, lived with man, and gave and gave and gave of himself while he was here, even to the extent of giving his life. If you remember over in John, we read the verse that says, the greatest love to show is giving your life for your friends. But children, especially uh, verse 3 and 4, it says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, or uh, let nothing be done with, with fighting or with pride, but in lowliness of mind or humility, let each esteem other better than themselves or put others first. Uh, look at um, the benefit that you can be to someone else before the benefit that you can be to yourself. The, the things that you would naturally take for yourself because you want the best, offer them to others. Um, the uh, verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. It's about... Um, looking for ways you can bless other people. And, you know, the blessing that you receive by blessing others is greater than the um, pleasure you might receive if you or you think you would receive if you take the best for yourself. So I have uh, just a little acrostic for you children to help remember three things that you can do to remember for how to be a good friend.
black doesn't erase too well. <clears throat> Be kind, freely give, and first think of others. So if you are old enough to write and you have a notepaper, maybe you could write that down to remember. I've got two short examples in the Bible of of people who did this. Um, The first one is a girl named Tabitha or Dorcas. I'm going to turn to Acts chapter 9 and read just a few verses about how she demonstrated friendship. Acts chapter 9 verse 36. Start reading there. And it came to pass in those days that, oh, let me, oh, I started in 37, sorry. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. So Tabitha was a kind lady, girl, here, and she was full of good works and alms deeds or kind deeds to others, but she got sick and she died. Let's jump down to verse 39. Uh, It says, Then Peter arose and went with them. There were some people that went to get Peter and said that, that he should come right away. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. So there were these people standing around there that were so sad because Dorcas had died because she was their friend. She had been kind to them and freely given to them, and she thought of others first. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. And when she opened her eyes, and she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called called the saints and widows, presented her alive. So Peter prayed, and God worked a miracle and raised Dorcas up from the dead. And I just had to think, I wonder if there would be people there uh, asking for Peter to come quickly or um, or if Peter would have gone and raised her from the dead if Dorcas had not been a good friend and a kind person that made those friends with others. So she's a, a good example that you can remember of friendliness. And one other, I don't think I'll turn to it for sake of time, but it's the boy that shared his lunch with Jesus. So you all know the story of the boy that had uh, five loaves and two fishes, and there were 5,000 people, and they were all hungry and needed to eat. And you can think about how that little boy, he practiced all three of these things. He was kind and he freely gave of his lunch and he thought of others first. I'm sure he was hungry too, just like all the rest of them. And he could have just said, well, boy, I sure am glad I have my lunch to eat. Um, But he thought of others first and he said, I'll share what I have. And then you see how Jesus multiplied that and fed 5,000 people. So when we follow the 
the way that Jesus wants us to, to be friends with others and to give and to share, he can make it even more than we're able to hand out. He can multiply our, our efforts. Alright, so moving on to uh, number three. Who should we be friends with? And we talked, uh, this last section was a little bit geared for the children. Uh, this section, I think, could be a bit geared for the youth, uh, but applies to all of us. But, uh, you know, we have, we have the opportunity to choose friends. Um, I'd like to answer that question of who should we be friends with, with not everybody. So bear with me just a little bit on that. I'd like to read a few verses. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 63. I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. Proverbs 13, verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Proverbs 28, verse 7. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. And verse 24 of the same chapter. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother and saith, It is no transgression. The same is the companion of a destroyer. So we see a few examples there of um, the groups of friends or the friends that you choose and how they can be, um, how they can be selected and how they can influence your life and actions. Uh, the verse we read in Psalm 119 was a man who chose companions who uh, he shared in common a heart after God and uh, those that, that served the Lord and praised the Lord. And those other three verses in Proverbs were, um, were the opposite of that, how it affected their lives. A companion of a destroyer, he shameth his father and uh, the man that's uh, brought to destruction. So be kind to everyone, but choose your friends wisely. This is very important for all of us to get right, especially, I want to say, the youth, because youth is a time of learning and development and discovery and oftentimes struggle. You're trying to become what God wants you to be, and you're questioning norms. You're finding out for yourself why you believe the things that you do. And the close friends that you choose during this time can have uh, a very um, significant impact on the, the direction that you go with your life, a life-altering impact, for better or for, for worse. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, I'd like to read a verse there. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Here's that communication pillar of friendship. And I don't know how many times it's been said in the history of the world that uh, somebody would say, well, you know, I just want to 
just want to be their friend uh, and hope to influence them to do what's right. I know that they're um, not a good friend necessarily, but I, I want to try to help them. Um, it says, be not deceived. That That's not the way it works. Um, we do, again, want to be kind to everyone, but choose your Choose your friends wisely. Second uh, Corinthians six fourteen. I'd like to read one verse there also. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And we oftentimes look at this verse about uh, in relation to uh, marriage, but that's not necessarily the only thing it's talking about here. Uh, friendship is a is a uh, version of uh, union, also uh, being yoked together, and we see here the fellowship, the communion that happens uh, when you're when you're um, connected with somebody in a close relationship like that, like friendship. You do need close friends. Uh, being selective of your friends uh, or, or an encouragement to choose your friends wisely um, isn't an encouragement to, to go it alone or that there's no good friends out there to have and that you need to be uh, fly solo, if you will. But um, we're, we, we're created with a need to, to belong, and it's good to cultivate uh, at least a number of good, close friendships with people that you know will take you in the right direction or will encourage you in the things that you want to pursue, which, uh, if you've given your heart to the Lord and you're following Him, is going to be the things of righteousness and peace and um, and goodness. You can't be close friends with too many people. So the, the tendency might be to try to be friends with everyone, and in the context of, of you, the way I'm uh, using the word friends here, you can't be close friends with everyone. Um, there's the social media fallacy that's uh, affected the way we think about that, possibly. Uh, you can have a social media account and have hundreds of maybe even thousands of friends. Well, they used the word, the term friends there, but those are not really friends. <clears throat> Do we know how to be real friends anymore? We, uh, we don't want the world system to take that away from us by uh, changing the, the perspective and the definition of, of friends. <clears throat> I have a, a little quote here. Um, somebody trying to apply the principles of uh, Facebook friends to real life and how well that works. So I'm trying to make friends outside of Facebook while applying the same principles. Therefore, every day I walk down the street and tell passers-by what I have eaten, how I feel at the moment, what I did the night before, and what I will do later and with whom. I give them pictures of my family, my dog, and of me gardening, taking things apart in the garage, watering the lawn, me standing in front of landmarks, driving around town, having lunch, and doing what anybody and everyone and everybody does every day. I also listen to their conversations and give them a thumbs up and tell them I like them. And, turns out, it works just like Facebook. I already have four people following me. Two police officers, a private investigator, and a psychiatrist. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, 
I'm afraid that our society has has affected the way that we uh, that we make friends and who we consider friends. Um, it, it, there's there's things that that can be good about staying connected and and keeping people in the loop, but I don't know if you noticed as I read through that, but uh, one of the things that I noticed was how many times, or basically all the time, it was all about me. I'm going to show you what I'm doing, and a picture of me here, and a picture of me there, and what I just ate, and that kind of thing. Um, that's not what true friendship is about. True friendship's not about me. It's about what we can offer, what we can give, how we can support. Um, and and giving, if we think about Jesus' example of friendship again, uh, Jesus spent his time on this earth doing and giving and um, and teaching, blessing others. Not It wasn't all about him. So we do also have Jesus' example of this. If you're doubting uh, my theory that you should choose close friends and that you can't be friends with everyone, um, Jesus chose 12 men to be his close friends, to be his inner circle of friends. He knew that in the confines of his human body, he couldn't be close friends with everybody in the world at one time. Um, he chose those 12 disciples as his close friends. And even out of those those 12, he had several closest friends. Does anybody know who his closest friends were? Any names come to mind? Peter, James, and John. Right, Those were the three that came to my mind as well. So Jesus demonstrated... Uh, this this principle of friendship in how he worked with his disciples and he showed them love, care, support, compassion, teaching. He also told them things that were hard for them to hear. Uh, and a true friend will tell you things that might be hard for you to hear. A true friend will stand in your way when they know you're going in a way that you shouldn't go. So we don't want to just choose friends that will agree with us on everything that um, okay, we, we want to choose friends that agree with us on what we're pursuing in life, but that if we get off that course, that they won't just nod their head and pat us on the back as we go, but that they'll help us stay um, in line with, with our uh, righteousness and our, our righteous pursuits. You know, there's a phrase in the, in the world that's been used in some, Campaigns against drunk driving that say friends don't let friends drive drunk. Um, now, here maybe we should say friends don't let friends drink. But uh, friends will stand in your way when they know that there's something that's going to harm you or that's a, that's a, um, a bad choice or a wrong direction. So be that kind of friend for your friends. Um, be willing to, to tell them and show them when they need to adjust their course. So I'd like to move to section four, uh, being the friend that I should be. I think that uh, this uh, certainly applies to the youth, but I think also more specifically, uh, like to focus on um, adults, uh, those of us who are uh, working on relationships maybe that have been established for years and years and maybe needing to be open to new relationships when the Lord brings those into our path. What kind of friend should I be? 
So what are some of the traits of a true friend? Um, this first one is not rocket science, but friendliness is one of the traits of, of a friend. Accessibility, humility, compassion, vulnerability, servanthood. Um, these are all traits of a true friend. And when, when do we exercise those traits? I think that that should be something that we exercise every moment of every day with every opportunity uh, that we have. Is it always uh, appreciated? No. Does it always turn out right? No. Does that mean that we shouldn't always behave that way? No. Um, I have a friend that years ago was uh, driving down a rural Georgia highway and just minding his own business, as we like to say, and saw a vehicle up ahead on the side of the road with the hood up. Being the good friend and good Samaritan that he is, uh, he practiced these um, traits of a true friend, and he pulled over and pulled his uh, minivan over there and got out, walked up to see if the uh, people with the car needed any help. So the hood was up there, and there were two men standing by the car. He walked up and said, uh, hey, guys, is there anything I can help you with? They said, oh, yeah, there's something under the hood here. They were kind of leaning over the un, under the hood, and he went over there. And about as soon as he got close enough, they clubbed him over the head and knocked him on the ground. And they told him, stay right there, don't move, or we'll shoot you. And so he stayed right there and didn't move. Um, he did start praying, I believe, if I remember the story correctly, but uh, the man went back to his minivan that was still running behind him, behind uh, where they were, and they got in it and took off. And so uh, my friend slowly got up after he was sure that they were gone and found that he was uh, bleeding profusely from the back of his head, and so he started walking down the road to see if he could find help. And he walked and walked and walked down the road, and um, I'm sure he looked a bit of a mess, but um, nobody stopped to see if he needed any help. They didn't stop to see what, uh, what, what he needed or what was wrong, but he walked several miles, uh, or at least a, a mile or two, I can't remember exactly, and uh, it was able to find a house. Uh, rural Georgia there is not like Pennsylvania, here where there's one every several hundred yards, but um, he went up to the house and was able to get help. Uh, and there's there's more to the story, but for the for the sake of this illustration, um, you know, he he stopped and showed the traits of friendship like he should have done, like I believe Jesus would have done, like the Good Samaritan did in the story uh, that we read in the Bible. But it was not uh, wasn't met with a reciprocating friendship. So the efforts you make will not always be made what will be reciprocated with the uh, the kindness and love that you show. That doesn't mean you shouldn't show it. So practice these these traits of friendship. And speaking of friends, you know, we have a we have a room full of people here. We're blessed to have some visitors here this morning, but you know, most of us in this room are a, a brotherhood. 
Uh, we're, we uh, communicate and fellowship and commune regularly. You know, are we good friends? Can we be good friends? Um, are we more than friends? Are we brothers and sisters? You know, a friend is someone that um, circumstances in life can um, make your paths to diverge, and uh, you may go years down the road and not be as close as you once were. Um, but I think about in the way that uh, that the Bible and that uh, the Lord refers refers to the relationships we should have in the body, he refers to it as brothers and sisters. You know, are we are we siblings? Do we view each other as brothers and sisters? You know, when somebody's your sibling, you can't just walk away from them and say, I'm not going to be your sibling anymore. Um, and if you don't like them, you're stuck with them. <laughs> um, and you can't leave them behind when they hurt you. Um, you know, you, you can't say, well, you know, you hurt me, so I'm not your brother anymore. Our parents, you know, we're, we're not born in the same parents anymore. It doesn't, you, you can't change that. Um, but if our father is in heaven and, and we're brothers and sisters here, you know, can we have loyalty and um, friendship with one another that can carry us through hard times? Um, so in in the church relationships and in other friendships, one thing to remember is that friends will fail. Sometimes they will. Um, I'd just like to read a couple of verses here. Uh, Proverbs 18:24. A man that hath friends must show him felt himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Uh, we remember the verse we read earlier in Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Uh, we also have the, the verses in 1 Corinthians 13 about charity, love, and how we can do so many good things, but if they're not combined with charity, then it's as it's it's useless. It's as sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Um, friendship requires effort. Reach out, speak first, make a move. The other person is probably waiting and wishing you would, just like you're waiting and wishing they would. <clears throat> Don't let an opportunity pass you by to build or further a friendship. Dale Carnegie said, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. So that's, again, that principle that we talked about, that social media changes, and um, we don't want to let that affect us. Um, another another thought, um, and I, I don't know the complete context of this of this saying, so please forgive me if there's if there's a... Anything less than than ideal about it, but it says better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. So can we can we put forth the effort to be friends so that nobody could ever feel like we never tried, even if they don't take us up on our offer. Uh, but we can be the ones that are um, promoting good, godly friendships. 
Uh, it's also been said, in the end we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. So the, what we would, what we would hold back from our friends can make more impact and have more, uh, more negative impact on them than even the words of enemies. So what biblical examples of friendship come to your mind? Uh, if you think back, think over the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, do any friendships particularly stand out to you? David and Jonathan, thank you. Any others? Go ahead, Eldon. Yep, that's right. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, well, those were a couple that I had thought of as well. Uh, David and Jonathan, oh, back there, Jesse. Mm-hmm, he did. That's right. And that was a lasting friendship. Uh, that the, the friendship that David and Jonathan displayed and demonstrated, we see how that even lasted uh, and bore fruit into how David um, related to Mephibosheth. So, yeah, David and Jonathan were uh, the first example that came to my mind. And um, I won't go there for sake of time, but we read there the account in 1 Samuel 19 and 20. Um, how that they were uh, so close and that their souls were knit together, it says. And if you think of souls being knit together, you think of what it would require to tear that apart and the, um, the strength that that friendship should have and also the, the pain that there would be if you broke that friendship asunder. So um, the other thing about that example was how Jonathan uh, just... he demonstrated the depth of his friendship by giving to David in that scene. We remember he took off his armor, his bow, his shield, his everything, and gave it over to David, basically saying, you know, um, I'm willing to give my all to you and for you and um, hold nothing between us to protect myself. I trust you as a friend. Can we have those kind of relationships? Um, just touching quickly on one other, um, Paul and Barnabas were two that I thought were, were a pair that I thought of in how they demonstrated friendship kind of in a good way and a bad way. Um, we read in uh, Acts 13 about uh, them going on missionary journeys and blessing the churches and preaching and teaching together. Um, and it seems that they, you know, they had a good, good friendship and they were seeking the same things. They were working together, following God. But then they also had the account in uh, Acts 15 uh, where the um, Paul said, hey, Barnabas, let's go visit the churches. And Barnabas said, hey, great idea. Let's take John Mark. And Paul said, uh, uh, we're not taking John Mark. Um, and there was a contention and dissension between them, and it was sharp, and it drove them asunder, drove them apart. Now, could they have gone through that uh, in a different way and, and it been... Um, and it not had that negative effect on their friendship, I think it could have. Um, I think they could have communicated and uh, communed and had compassion with each other there and uh, had a successful outcome. You know, if Barnabas had said, yeah, great idea, let's take John Mark. And Paul had said, really, John Mark? Tell me why you would like to take John Mark. Um, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> um, Anyway, we'll leave leave that uh, where it is. But uh, also, they they demonstrated that example that friends will fail. 
Friends will fail sometimes. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with a friend failing you? If not, your friendships are going to have a short shelf life. Um, and and that's it's just the way it is. We're not going to get away from that. So uh, I do have uh, something to change on the board here for uh, three things that we can remember as adults for relationships and friendships of what we exemplify um, true friend believes the best forgives frequently and my mind's drawing a blank and I can't find it on my notes. There it is. Um, we focus forward. So when those failures come, we work through them, and then we focus forward. We we move ahead. Um, you know, I've said it before. There's a reason your windshield is 98% larger than your rearview mirror. Uh, we want to keep our eye on the road ahead. We want to. Keep our eye on where we're going. Um, doesn't mean we can completely erase our memory of the past, but we want to leave it in the past and focus forward. All right, uh, last point, number five, our highest calling, divine friendship. Isaiah 43, verse 1 through 7. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the north. I will say to the north, give up. To the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have made, I have Formed him, yea, I have made him. So God speaks here of the people that he created and the relationship that he created them for, created us for. Uh, verse 10 then says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Okay, the, the example I'd like to, to think of for the divine friendship or the divine relationship is uh, Abraham. Um, 
it's just amazing to me that we were created for supernatural friendship, companionship, and communion, and the yearning in our hearts for friends can span the division of the natural and the divine. So there were a number of men in the Bible that I thought of that uh, demonstrated this this relationship. Abraham, Moses, Job, Enoch, Elijah, Jesus, Peter, John, Paul, and others. But um, there's a couple verses here real quick about Abraham. Uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7. I'm sorry, that's the wrong reference. Maybe it's Second Chronicles. Yes, Second Chronicles 20, verse 7. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? How would you like to be called God's friend? Uh, one more verse uh, on this. Uh, James chapter 2, verse 23 says... And when the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, for he was called the friend of God. So what made Abraham the friend of God? Well, we think of those three three pillars of friendship, um, uh, companionship, communication, or communion, and compassion. We think of the things that, that Abraham was interested in, the things that God was interested in. Abraham's heart was after God. We think of some of those other examples. I think of David and said it was a, he was a man after God's own heart. But he, he believed God and he followed God. He followed after the things that God wanted. He trusted God fully. When God said, I want you to do this, he trusted that there was a good reason. Even though he didn't understand, he maybe didn't know where he was going. Um, I think this reference talks about that just a little bit. Romans chapter 4, verse 3. I'm just going to jump around and read a couple verses here. For what saith the Scriptures? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Verse 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And verse 19 And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Now it is not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. There is three things that that Abraham did here that I think we can remember for our friendship with God, friendship with the divine. 
So he believed without balking. He followed without fear. And make sure I get the third one right. He was faithful to the finish or to the finish line. That's how Abraham uh, worked out his friendship with God. Um, Being faithful to the end. Uh, reminded me of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. It talks about being compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Um, thinking back a little bit to this concept of having, of being friendly with everyone, but having some close friends, the benefit that that can be. Uh, you know, that verse there, it says, we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So we're running the race. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So our closest friend, if we keep our eyes on our closest friend, Jesus. You know, you think about, I've heard stories different times of um, maybe uh, uh, an athlete or a young person running a race and maybe they fall uh, and they want to give up. But when they look up and see their father or their mother cheering for them and telling them to get up and come on or their coach, whatever it is, then they're, they, they get up and finish. They continue and finish the race. So we want to, um, keep our eyes on Jesus and have that close friendship with Him. Um, just like to read one short letter here. Dear friend, how are you? I just had to send you a note to tell you how much I love you and care about you. I saw you yesterday as you were talking with your friends. I waited all day hoping you would want to talk with me also. As evening drew near, I gave you a sunset to close your day and a cool breeze to rest you, and I waited. You never came. Oh, yes, it hurts me, but I still love you because I'm your friend. I saw you fall asleep last night and longed to touch your brow, so I spilled moonlight on your pillow and face. Again, I waited, wanting to rush down so we could talk. I have so many gifts for you. My tears were in the rain. Today you looked so sad, so all alone. It makes my heart ache because I understand. My friends let me down, too, and hurt me many times, but I love you. Oh, if you would only listen to me. I try to tell you in the blue sky and in the quiet green grass. I whisper it in the leaves on the trees and breathe it in the colors of the flowers. I shout it to you in the mountain streams and give the birds love songs to sing. I clothe you with warm sunshine and perfume the air with nature's scents. My love for you is deeper than the ocean and bigger than the biggest want or need in your head. Oh, if only you knew how much I want to talk and walk with you. We could spend an eternity together in heaven. I know how hard it is on this earth. I really do. And I want to help you. I want you to meet my father. He wants to help you too. My father is that way, you know. Just call me. Ask me. Talk with me. Oh, please don't forget me. I have so much to share with you. Your friend, Jesus. So we can... We can choose friendship with God. We can choose uh, God to be our closest friend. So let's um, let's do that. We we have the opportunity, and and Jesus is just is just waiting, waiting for us. So I thought of the words of this song: "Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine. Constantly abiding, 
rapture divine. He never leaves me lonely, whispers, oh, so kind. I will never leave thee. Jesus is mine. So we looked at whether friendship is a biblical principle, and it is. And we looked at when we should start with that. Uh, I think we should start as children and uh, and teach friendship foundations uh, as young as possible. Choose your friends wisely and do have close friends, the right kind. Be the friend that you should be. Believe the best, forgive frequently, and focus forward. Enjoy and cultivate divine companionship. Commune with God. Fulfill the purpose for which you were created. Believe without balking. Follow without fear. And be faithful to the finish line. God bless you.